This morning, I would like to share a word with you, and it's a privilege as always to come and share God's word with you. May we please open 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 to 28. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 to 28. I'm going to read from the NIV version. This is what it says. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with the holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let us pray. Father, your word is life. Your word is truth. This morning as we share around your word, Lord, I pray and I ask, Father, may you speak into each heart. Whatever it may be, Lord, even if it's just that one thing, that, Lord, you would highlight it as we share around your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message this morning is Relating in Community. Relating in Community. Here is the letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians congregations, and he says to them, this is what you are to do. From chapter 1, we've been talking about the things that he kept on saying to them. He kept saying, I'm like a mother, a nursing mother. I'm like a father towards you. I want the best for you. So the whole letter, as you read it and you actually pick up the emotions in it, Paul is like, a caring and a concerned mother. The whole time when he writes, he's like a reprimanding father. He says to the congregation, listen, these are the things you are to do. These things are important for you to continue to flourish in your faith. If you do these things, surely you will flourish in your faith. And in this chapter, in these verses from verse 12 to 28, he gives more clarity. He says, come now, remember, you need to do these things that are important for you to flourish. Your faith needs them. You need them. Because without these things, you are unable to flourish and to move forward in what God has for you as a congregation. And so he says, these are the things you are to do to relate better, to do well. And so in this, chap in this chapter, in these verses, he starts to unpack it. And this morning, I want to highlight from this four main points four main points that Paul raises up. And he says, these are the four main points you are to remember. Do these things in order for you to flourish. This part of the verses and everything, he sent it and he spoke to them and he sent this letter to them a year and a half later. And so this is after a while they've been 
They've been apart from one another. But he says to them, remember, these are the four main things you are to do. The first main point that Paul highlights is this. This is how you are to relate to your leaders. You are to relate to your leaders. It is important for you in how you relate with your leaders. Why are the leaders so important? Do we need leaders? What is the function of the leaders? What is the goal of the leaders? You see, throughout time, even when we read in the Bible, we see different types of leaders. If you think of Moses, that God asked to come and lead the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land. If you think of Esther, when Mordecai said these words, for such a time as this, perhaps you were born for this time. If you think of Deborah, if you think of David, there are so many, numerous leaders in the Bible that we see God highlights them. And even in the Bible, God says there is a tribe of the Levites that, was, that were to be set aside to come and minister God's purposes, to minister before the Lord in representation to the whole nation. And throughout history, we see that leaders were important. Now we live in a broken world with hardships, challenges. Leaders are not perfect either. They do miss it. But here Paul says you are to honor them. You see, honoring doesn't mean that I have to do everything else that the leader say I must do. If a leader says you must lie about something or I must steal something, I don't have to do that because it's not honoring and consistent with, with God's word. And so Paul says to them, listen, you are to honor the leaders. Your attitude towards them is supposed to be good because they minister before before me as the Lord. And so he says to them, honor your leaders. They work hard among you. He uses words like admonish. Hold them to the highest regard because of, because of the work that they do amongst you. Now, this is not only applicable to leaders that are in the church. It also speaks about leaders out there. Most of us, we work in the world out there where we are leaders, where we work under other leaders. And there's always challenges somewhere here and there. But there's a calling, if you're a leader in your workplace, to do well. And there is a calling for you, if you work under a leader, to honor that leader. It's required of us to do those things, to honor the leaders. He says you are to live in peace with each other. And so Paul goes on and he says, this is important. You are to do it. And Care for them. You see, in the world out there, we know other leaders. Specifically, one comes to mind, Nelson Mandela, Tuluma Donzela. These are the leaders that we see out there that are doing and making a difference. But even in the church, we have leaders. In our context close to home here, we have pastors. Pastors who carry the congregation in their hearts the well-being of the congregations where they serve, the leaders, the life group, the life groups, everyone who is involved so that they can give their best. Are they perfect? No. 
but they have a role to play, and they carry you in their hearts before the Lord. And so Paul says you are to remember, hold them in the highest regard. Be at peace with each other. Honor them. I remember some time ago, I went to the home affairs in town. And uh, normally when you get to that part of the city, it's always a struggle to get parking. And so I battled to get a little, uh, the parking, and uh, when I got there, finally I found the parking close to the building. And so I took my books and registration and everything else that I needed to give to them, and then I started going towards the building. The closer I got, I got a shock, because the, the queue, shoo, 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 it was like long, like, you don't know where it starts. But it's all going towards that building. There's a door somewhere. And so I got there and I started walking and I have my books and I'm going to register this new marriage, you know, young couple. I'm doing the work of the Lord. Seventh seven leadership. And so I, I'm walking and when I got there, I saw this queue. I thought, ah, there's not a chance I'm going to get there. I have to, I have to find a way to, to get there. But you know, I've, I've seen this before in our society as a whole, how pastors and baruti, abafundisi, pastors, they always get the best deal, isn't it? They normally get, you know, they are being held at the highest regard. And so I thought, I'm, I'm doing the work of the Lord here. I'm, I'm not here to register for an ID or to change a surname. I'm here to register a couple. I'm a pastor. So I, I, I walked past that whole long queue, and they're all looking at me as if, yeah, you can go, you're going to come back, you know? <laughs> and so I started walking, and I, hello, hello, hey, hi, hi. And I got to the door. When I got there, I found the security guard is there. So I got there, and I said, hi, hi. He says, why, why are you, what, what do you want? I'm like, no, uh, no, I'm here to register a marriage. He says, yeah, but you see the queue, Mus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I see the queue, but it's Brayaga. I'm a pastor. He says, oh, no, ah, come, come through. <laughs> come through. And everybody behind is like, what, is, what happened there? I mean, this guy is saying, no, stop the glory, you know? But now this guy just said the word, and somehow he's allowed through. And now I got in and went upstairs. And <laughs> when I got upstairs, I found another security guard there at the door. Yes, when I, what's going on now? I'm like, no, I'm here to register a marriage. No, 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 no. You must, there's a queue. You see those chairs there? You must, the queue starts from there. And I'm like, yes, I, I, I know. But I'm a pastor. She's like, really? Oh, come inside. You know, there's a, there's a door, just that office, just knock there. They will open for you and register the marriage for you. Pastors and leaders and spiritual leaders, they are to be held at the highest regard. And Paul says to the congregation, hold them in the highest regard. Hold them to the highest regard. Don't take them 
for granted because they represent and they carry you in their hearts. The second main point that Paul says to this congregation, he says, this is how you are to relate to one another. This is how you are to relate to one another. He uses words like, you are to warn the lazy. You are to encourage the timid. You are to take care of the weak. Make sure that you are patient with one another. Don't repay evil with evil. Do good. And so the whole time he says, these are the things that you are to do. These are the things you are to apply and do in your, in your lives, in your walk with the Lord. This is how you are to relate with one another. Relate with one another well. Do well for each other. Look out for the best interest of one another. And so he says to them, these are the things you are to do. Again, like a concerned mother, a reprimanding father. He says these words to them. He says, do well. Do these things in order for you to, to flourish. And so it came into my mind to say, how are we to behave with one another? These words are important to encourage the timid. To be there when someone is weak and going through a difficult time. Now in our congregation, just a while back, there was a situation where someone went into the hospital and I didn't know about it. I only heard later from one of the members in the live group that they all gathered, went there and encouraged the person. They prayed for them. They got well. Now, the congregation and the community, that life group, took care of one of those that were part of the, the life group. And it is important to realize that when that happens, it represents exactly what Paul says. Encourage one another. Look out for those who are weak. And so when we do these things, God is glorified, amen? When we do these things with each other here, when we love one another, even Jesus, one of his last prayers was that they would love one another and they would be united. And so we are called to do these things, to encourage each other, to look out for the best of one another, to be patient with one another. It says that we are to make sure that we don't repay evil with evil. Two wrongs don't make a, a right. And so it is important that we do go all out and give it our best. Our best for one another. And it starts here in the body. Us here as a community. We cannot practice it out there when we are not doing it for, for each other. And he says to them, you are to go and do this for one another. I got something here that I wanted to share with you. I got a, a, a balloon here, and it's just an illustration to illustrate something. Whenever we are part of a community that encourages us, a community that makes sure that we look out for the best of each other, 
we find ourselves in a place where we are filled with God's word. We are filled with possibilities and energy to go out and do this, this life. But life is challenging at times and it's tough and it gets all complicated and we lose some of our zeal to live for the Lord, to do the things that we know we're supposed to do. But whenever we belong to a congregation or to a life group, something happens in our lives. And so this is what happens, the best that I could illustrate it. I'm going to blow this balloon. Please give me a chance. Whenever we become part of a, a community, a smaller community in a life group, something happens. We get filled with God's life, his word. We hear that we are not the only ones being challenged by circumstances and things. We hear from others who've gone through the same thing and they encourage us and they pray for us and they speak words of life to us. They give us words of prophecy, things like that that encourage us to live and to love one another. And so we grow. And something happens in our lives and it's good and they say, yeah, we celebrate with you, go for it, do it your best. We love you, we are for you. There's people behind you. It keeps growing and growing and growing. Must I blow more? <laughs> and so you get to this point where you're like, wow, this is life, it's good. God is good to me, he's answering prayer. I have a, a good fellowship group that I'm part of, a life group, a prayer group, whatever group it might be that encourages me. I have friends around me who encourage me and love me and want the best for me. Things are looking well. But then, such is life where challenges do come, isn't it? Even Jesus say, said to his disciples, when the rain comes, not if it comes, not maybe it might come, when it comes, it's guaranteed, challenges will take place. Something happens, we start to get a bit smaller, we are encouraged, we are discouraged, circumstances are overwhelming us, we get discouraged. We are maybe ill. Maybe at work, things are not looking so good. We get smaller and smaller. But when we are alone, no one is there to encourage us. When we are alone, no one is there to say, hey, come, I've gone through the same thing. Let's trust God together. Let's wait on the Lord together. No one is there to support and to be with you. Can you see what happens in your heart, in your life, get smaller and smaller and smaller. But then when you're a part of a life group, part of a prayer group, part of a group that comes and encourages you and says, hey, come, hold on. This is, this is a temporary thing. God is going to make it for you. He's going to come through for you. Remember his promises. Remember. And just when you're about to go out like this balloon, encouragement comes in. Hey! And We are, to really, we are to realize no man is an island. No woman either is an island. And so we are called to relate to one another. And so Paul says to them, relate to one another, encourage one another, love one another, look out for the best for each other. Don't play, don't pay evil with evil. Do good for each other. And so it is important that we remember 
When here at the church, we encourage you to be part of a, a group, a life group, whatever group, so that you can grow in the Lord. It's not that we just want you to have clicks for the sake of the church or anything like that. It's for your growth. It's for you to connect. And so I want to put it out there as a challenge, even in the new year, not just as a resolution, please. But as part of what the Word of God requires us to, that we will not stop meeting and coming together and encouraging one another. Because I can tell you now, life happens in those groups. Life happens in those groups where we change, where we are challenged, when people pray for us, when we get a prophetic word, when someone says, hey, this is what we can do for you. I remember when we were expecting our firstborn and the community that we were part of, small group, live group that we were part of that time, they organized us one of the most wonderful baby showers. I wasn't in the baby shower, obviously. But uh, one of my favorite things was that they, they all organized somehow that each day they would bring us a meal. And that was just a, a small gesture, isn't it? But for my wife and I, it was a huge thing. And so we appreciated something like that because of we were part of a community. And so Paul says, please, do these things. These are important for you to do in, in small groups so that you can grow and do well. So that we can grow and do well. So he says, the first main point, you are, this is how you are to relate to your leaders. The second main point, this is how to relate to one another. The third thing, third main point that he highlights is, this is how to, you are to relate to God. This is how, how you are to relate to God. And so he continues like a concerned mom and a reprimanding dad. He says to the congregation of Thessalonica, he says to them, be joyful. Be joyful. There's a song that we sing. I remember, I don't know if you still sing it. I remember when I was growing in the Lord, they used to sing it. Rejoice in the Lord, I say rejoice in the Lord. 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 Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Why do we rejoice in the Lord? God is always faithful. He's always good. God is love. When I come to him, even though I have burdens, I know he's got what? The best for me. And so when we come to him, he says, if you're going to relate with God, rejoice in him. Rejoice, connect with him. Know that no matter what's going on around you, rejoice in the Lord. The second thing that he highlights under that main point, he says, you are to be thankful in all circumstances. When I read that, I thought to myself, all circumstances. You, 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 you. Because it's not easy to be joyful in all circumstances, isn't it? Or to be thankful in all circumstances, isn't it? But those that believe and we know the Lord and we've walked with the Lord, we know things might not be fine this time. 
maybe in the way that they are in this broken world. But God, in his mercy, he will make it right. He will turn it around and make it right. And he says to the congregation, be thankful in all circumstances. He says to them, honor prophecies. Honor prophecies. I would like to add, because that's what it says in the scripture, honor prophecies and test them. Honor prophecies and test them. If someone gives you a word and you have a check in your heart, it's fine to do that. Check it against the word. He says to them, you are to make sure that you are not going all out to quench the Holy Spirit or to offend the Holy Spirit. In other words, live the life that you were called to live, a holy life that honors God. Give it your best for God. It's not easy, but in his strength you can, you can do it. In his strength you can do it. And so these are how we are to relate to God. Hold, make sure that you hold on to what is good. Hold on to what is good. Because God has called you to so much more. Leave out your gifts. Be grateful. Be joyful in him. And so Paul is crying out. He says, please make sure these things do happen. And they do take place. So that you can flourish in your faith. So you can flourish in your faith. The fourth Main point that Paul highlights, the fourth main point that Paul highlights is this is how you are to relate to his words. This is how you are to relate to his word. He says, he who promises is faithful and he will, he will do it. You see, the Lord is says things to us, and he encourages us. God gives us these things, and he says, these are the things, but he doesn't just leave us there. He encourages each one of us. He says, come, come along. You can do it. I'm with you. Come through. I can do it with you. Come. He who promises is faithful, and he will do it. I wonder this morning, are there some promises that you have in your heart? Are there things that the Lord said to you and you wrote them down? But maybe perhaps you haven't seen them coming through. It says in this word, he who promises is faithful and he will, he will do it. He will do it. And so we are to relate to his word in that way. I remember years ago, I was part of a Sunday school, and the teacher that time taught us a song. Perhaps you may know the song. Perhaps they are even still singing it today. It went like this. If you don't read your Bible and pray every day, pray every day, Pray every day. If you don't read your Bible and pray every day, you will shrink, 
shrink, shrink. You will shrink, shrink, shrink. You will shrink, shrink, shrink. I thought she would stop. And she continued, if you don't read your Bible and pray every day, you will shrink, shrink, shrink. You will shrink, shrink, shrink. You will shrink, shrink, shrink. I thought to myself, I think this is time to really start singing a different part of the song. If you read your Bible and pray every day, you will grow, grow, grow. You will grow, grow, grow. You will grow, grow, grow. (laughs) You see, whenever we read the word, we grow. Because the word is food to our souls, the food to our spirit. As much as we eat daily, sometimes three times, sometimes more, but as much as we eat, we, when I say more, I'm talking about me. I eat. But as much word as we put in, that's how much we will grow. And so Paul says to the congregation in Thessalonica, he says to them, come, you are to grow. Honor God's word. Read it. Apply it. Psalm chapter 1 speaks about the fact that you are to meditate on it day and night. Make it part of you. And so in our, in our lives, we have two options. We don't read our Bible and pray every day. We shrink. And so when challenges come, we are already on the on the floor. But if we read our Bibles and pray, we grow. And when the enemy comes, we can see him him from far. Is that you? I see you. Out. Because we are full of the the word. And so I want to encourage you. Relate to God's word. Know what it says. If there are a couple of verses that you can have to memorize, Write them down. I'm finding it more and more challenging nowadays. There's like news flashing all the time. There's so many things that are going on. And so I've, I've been trying this thing where if I think of just reading something around the news, even though I already know what the news is, you know, I just want to read other articles around the thing. I would just say, ah, you know, let me just read the word. For each, for each thing that I, article that I read, I want to read a chapter of a book or something in the Bible. And so just to learn to, to have a habit of just balancing out and having a proper filter. And the Word provides us with that. It provides us with a filter that we need so that we can live lives of faith and of flourishing in the Lord. And so I wonder this morning, where are you at with reading His Word spending time in his presence. As we are approaching this holiday time, Neil was speaking this morning about just a cup. Is it half full, half empty? Is it dry? That word spoke to me this morning. And I know I need to maximize, increase my, my, my time 
with the Lord. Spend time in his word. Let me be full of him. Because only he can fill me in that way. And so Paul is highlighting these four main points to this congregation. He says to them, this is how you are to relate the first point to the leadership. This is how you are to relate the second main point to one another. This is how you are to relate the third point to God. This is how you are to relate the fourth point to his word. And so, perhaps you are sitting here this morning and you're saying, sure, this is a long list of things. This is something that is not possible for me. Or perhaps you're sitting here this morning and say, ah, pastor, this, ah, I got it right. Every day I'm doing this. Reading my Bible, can you see how I've grown? I'm doing all these things. And you feel, ah, I'm fine. I can, I'm fine. I'm doing these things. Great. That's awesome. And the Bible says continue in that. Continue doing those things. Continue living out for the Lord. Continue relating well with others. Continue relating well to his word. Continue doing those things. But perhaps for those who are saying, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I don't think I'm capable. I don't think I'm able to do all these things. This, is, this sounds too hard to do. This morning, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that the Lord will be the one who comes alongside and walks with you. That he will encourage you. Because you see, we are all in different places, but God knows exactly where you are. And he comes right there where you are, and he says, I want to walk with you. Come. I'm for you. As long as we avail ourselves and our hearts to him, he is able to raise us up. He is able to walk with us. And we look back and we go, I don't think I would have done it. But my God is faithful and I'm able to do it. Just the next step and the next step and the next step. And so this morning I would like to ask you to please stand. And let's pray together. I would like to encourage you to present your heart like Neil was saying this morning. Present your heart before the Lord. Say, Lord, you know my heart. But once again, I want to avail it to you. Even when these four main things that the word spoke about, these things are the things that are highlighted and they are in front of you and you're thinking, I just cannot do it. Bring them before the Lord and say, God, you know where I am around these things. Help me, Lord, to, to avail my heart again, to open my heart again so I can be able to, to walk with you. Sometimes it cannot be just everything else. It can be everything. But the one thing that God highlights, I want to encourage you, stay there in that one thing that he highlights.
Father, I want to thank you that you are faithful, God. You say in your word, Lord, you will, your, your burden is easy, Lord. That, God, you never put on us what we cannot handle. And I, and I pray, Lord, for those that are saying this morning, I just cannot do it. It's too many things. Lord, I pray that you will highlight that one thing for them, the one thing that they can step into and do, because you will give them the grace to do it. Father, I pray for those who are saying, yes, I'm doing these things, that, God, you will encourage them in their walk and in their path with you, that there will be the light and the salt that you are asking them to be, Lord, in the world around them. And so, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. May you enable us to do, to do exactly that. In Jesus' name. I would like to read for you in Jude chapter 1 again, verse 24 to 25, and really pray it as a prayer over you. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. There will be pastors here to pray with you. You are welcome to come and pray. Thank you.